Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Line on a Marathon winner is Katie Collada of Austin, Texas. Katie will win a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Isaac Butler, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at SVU Season 1, Episode 18, Chat Room. Why don't you and Munch pick up the computer, see if you can't put a name to this yachtsman. 70 million people on the internet, everyone is suspect. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you for inviting me to your chat room, Kevin. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Sounds kinky. (laughs) And rounding out our panel is our special guest from Slate's Lend Me Your Ears podcast, Isaac Butler. Hello, Isaac. Hi, Kevin. Hey, we're looking at season one of SVU. I know you're a pop Mm. culture critic. How different is this particular season from the other 20 that we've got? (laughs) Well, you know, part of what I love about SVU uh, is, you know, it's like there's that famous story where where the network folks asked Dick Wolf what the show Bible of Law and Order Prime was going to be. And he said it's the front page of The New York Times. Right. So like Law and Order Original Recipe is like you take a story from The New York Times, you add a murder into it. You've got your episode, you know, but SVU to me is this like delicious catalog of our national anxieties. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like we get to look back all the way to the year 2000 and discover what were we anxious about (laughs) in the year 2000. CompuServe, apparently. CompuServe, apparently, yeah. And, And no... Uh, episode of the show, I think, of the early seasons of the show better captures that than Chapman. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> now, Isaac, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. Um, my favorite detective team is uh, uh, Jerry Orbach and uh, Benjamin Brown. Mm. Ah, Briscoe and Curtis. Good pick. Briscoe and Curtis, yeah. And that's because one can run and the other one can't? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when they run, Kevin. I hate it when they run. <laughs> so did Briscoe. So do you see a difference between... Benjamin Bratt's portrayal as Curtis before he started dating Julia Roberts and after he started dating Julia Roberts? 
Now, now I know this is a big subject of conversation <laughs> on this podcast. Free. I will say uh, there's a there's a different swagger to him after he dates Julia Roberts, yeah. right? Yeah, because he's saying, "Hey, man, I've been fucking Julia Roberts." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, which see, it's the it, it, now was he dating Julia Roberts at the same time that there was the season where he cheated on his wife, where the character cheats mm, on his wife? Probably about that time. Yeah, yeah. it's about the same time. Yeah. Because because what happens is that there's this period of time where he's tormented. You know, it's like his sudden catchphrase is "I broke my marriage yes, vows." Yes, with Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right, that's right. And then the next season, instead, he's just like, "Hi, I'm Benjamin Brad. I don't know if you know this, but I'm incredibly fucking sexy." <laughs> his hair got long in the back. <laughs> oh man, it's delicious. Yeah, no, it's so great. It's so great. And bouncing off of that, can you tell us who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order, district attorney, prosecutorial team. Um, my favorite prosecutorial team is I, I'm just gonna go old school, man. It's it's Jack McCoy and uh, Claire. Mm, yeah, Kincaid. classic. You know, my favorite. Um, yeah, I I feel like of the like um, comely lasses that Jack McCoy <laughs> insisted on being his 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 uh, assistants on that show, she was the most talented actor and the most interesting character. And I actually think of the original Law and Order, the um the episode where they all witness the execution mm-hmm. is probably one of the most interesting episodes they did, and a lot of that hinges on on her performance. <laughs> All right, now let's look at the first half of this episode. <laughs> I'm already laughing thinking about you looking at the first half of this episode. I'm sorry. I don't want to step on your line. Go ahead. <laughs> it's SVU, <laughs> season one, episode 18, chat room. Now remember, we're talking about fictional detectives investigating fictional sex crimes against fictional victims. If you still find that especially heinous, you might want to listen to another one of our episodes. All right, you ready? Here ready. we go. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, we start on a girl at a payphone calling her mom to say she was raped by a guy she met in a chat room, marking the exact point in history when teen girls obtained the technology to interact online but to not own their own cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> I take it this is not the name his mother gave him? The awesome. Maybe we should be working with the Coast Guard. It's a chat room name, John, they met online. Right now, that's all we got. I love the information superhighway. You can meet creepazoids from all over the world without leaving the comfort of your own home. While Munch and Jeffries are trailing the digital footprints of the perp known as the Yachtsman, <laughs> Benson and Stabler work with Karen to retrace her steps of her attack. Well, it's clear her story is made up, and she admits that she wasn't raped, she had sex with her 21-year-old boyfriend, Keith, and mom won't like that. <laughs> Meantime, after finding the fuck tiger erotica on dad's computer, <laughs> yep, it yep, seems mm-hmm. the yachtsman was a real person preying on children. A computer guy who says, sure, I'll tell the cops who my customers are, turns the detectives on to Harry Waters. His ex-employer says Waters left the company after he was caught with a boy prostitute in Cuba, Mm. which seems a little extra. On his old work computer, they find file names of child pornography, but the actual images are squatting on a different computer. Whose computer, you may ask? Why, it's statutory rapist Keith. (laughs) He's running some hustle about revenge porn for money and child pornography and, I don't know, mother bullshit. It just means that Munch has to now go into a chat room Mm. to lure the yachtsman to meet. They bust him, but 
Without any physical evidence, Kragen declares, they just don't have a case. <laughs> now, we know Karen isn't all there because the perp's online handle is the Yachtsman, and she says, The Yachtsman? The Yachtsman. I thought with a name like that, he'd be a gentleman. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, by the way, just starts the first in the confounding what the fuck with this writing part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like... Because she, it wasn't actually the yachtsman because she was just banging Dawson's Creed Keith, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. She was just banging Dawson's Keith, and uh, uh, but but it's because there's a throwaway line that she and her friends were like teasing the Fucking yachtsman. Yeah, they had met the yachtsman in you know alt dot yachtsman dot, <laughs> and then they were uh, they were like you know playfully playing along with a with a horny old guy <laughs> and so when she needed to reach for a, a patsy for the sex that her mother could tell she has because she strips her naked and then smells yes. her I, yeah. or something very odd like that uh she was just like oh right i used to make fun of this guy the yachtsman so that's the name it's like there are her. five people yeah. on the internet in this in this era it's like <laughs> karen her two friends her boyfriend keith and the Yasmin are the only people on oh, the internet. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you know there's 70 million because we hear Munch's PSA. <laughs> right. Um, yes. And, well, I'm sure we will get there, but there's also 3.4 million anonymous chat oh, yeah. on the internet. We will get there. And as we know, because Munch says this, I love the information superhighway. You can meet creepazoids from all over the world without leaving the comfort of your own home. <laughs> creepazoids. And that's true. That is true. That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. I want to point out, here's how the elite squad handles a statutory rapist <laughs> boyfriend. Ready? How old are you? I don't know, 21. How old is she? 16. I know, the age difference. Look, give it a rest. Give it a rest, man. <laughs> hey, give it a rest. Give it a rest. <laughs> what elite squad seminar do they go to? And they said, also the, deal with it. the elite squad is handling of Karen, which is literally from like the first. They're such assholes. <laughs> they are. There's, first of all, there is zero acknowledgement of her fucking incredible fashion sense. Zero acknowledgement okay, of that. Yeah. <laughs> but then they like do this ridiculous like Sarah Koenig and Dana Chivas like drive around <laughs> situation. Make a quick left. This right here is a one way. I can only take a right. Well, I guess I was wrong. Go right. Are you sure, Karen? I said go right, okay? <laughs> and they're just, yeah. clearly she's bullshitting them, and they're trying to, like, trap her in a bullshit trap, which is not cool. She's a child. No, no, right, <laughs> yes. And every minute we spent with you was a minute we weren't helping <laughs> real rape victims. <laughs> They get really on their high horse in this yeah. one. This is like, like, like. In this one. <laughs> in this one, yeah, as opposed to in all the others, right? Yeah. But yeah. What, what, what I find interesting about, there's a number, I mean, there's lots of things I find interesting about this episode, but about that in particular is like, from the get-go, they're dubious about this story, but instead of having any dialogue where they're like, 
uh, Mariska, are you a little dubious about this story? <laughs> they just immediately start in being total Saxon yeah. dicks to this poor girl. <laughs> they're, just, you know, like, they're just immediately like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When, when it turns out that like when they get to like the actual story, I mean, legally speaking, she was statutorily right. raped. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they just need to give that a rest. <laughs> they just need to give, rest. Need to give it a rest. <laughs> Okay, we have a couple of Hey, It's That Guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, It's That Guy. I, I don't know, Re- Rebecca uh, and Isaac, you already mentioned Keith. But she is more mature than any girl I've ever met in college. What's the name of that actor? Uh, Dawson's Creek, Keith. <laughs> Close. Yeah, we just called him Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is Mark uh, Makovich. He was Drew Valentine on Dawson's Creek. Yeah, we know. What about the... <laughs> <laughs> what about the dickish principal? Do you know him? The high school principal. Oh, the dickish principal is one of the great that guys. It's yeah. Adam LaFerver. Yes. Yes, he's made 12 Law & Order appearances. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Mostly as a judge, right? Most of them, I believe most of them were on- If I just uh, said so, it's probably true. <laughs> yeah, I think most of them were on uh, Original Recipe. Right. So we also have the computer explainer guy. The character's name is- Max Knack. Anyone recognize the actor? I mean, every time you click that mouse, you're sending out personal info on these little things called cookies. Uh, yes, that would be DC native Ben Shankman, oh. who uh, uh, is, is uh, amongst other things, known for uh, Billions, but he was also in the TV miniseries version of Angels in America, and he is thus actually one of the people interviewed uh, for Dan Coyce in my book, The World Only Spins Forward. Wow. Name drop. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. That was a, a little uh, two-inch putt on that one for you. Yeah. Well, when I, when I saw, I actually did a, like a, a near spit take when he showed up ah. as the... Also, like, internet service, internet, you know, I, the, the ISPs are just, like, in a random office in, like, Chelsea or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, yeah, we provide the internet. <laughs> it's all right. I can here. give you a printout of literally everything this guy has done on one double-sided page. <laughs> <laughs> we just tear it off the Tom Matrix printer. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, he's exactly. had 10 Law & Order appearances, by the way. 10? Yeah. Now, we have our uh, our main bad guy, Harry Waters. Mm. There are certain things you say that a child lover understands that no one else would notice. And uh, who is the actor playing him? He's the great stage actor, Reed Burney. Yeah. Uh, but who is probably best known to TV TV audiences for, like, House of Cards? Yes. Right? Yeah, vice President. Vice President Donald Blythe. Yeah. He's also Tom Connolly from The Blacklist. Uh, Isaac, I know you were really thrilled to see this Hey, It's That Guy. Oh, my God. I love Reed Bernie. And, you know, he belongs to this category of actors whose lives were subsidized by being on Law & Order before mm. finally people realized how talented he was. Mm-hmm. Like if, like the secret history of New York theater in the in the 90s especially is people being able to pay their rent because they were on law and order yeah. you know um and it was like a serious subsidy to the theater community and so you know i i just was so happy to see uh, uh reed bernie he's so great now we have a couple of hey it's that girls hey it's that girl mm-hmm. women <laughs> okay, I guess we'll make them re-sing it. Um, hey, first, I just want to let you know that uh, ADA Kathleen Eastman is actress Jenna Stern. But two years ago, I didn't know my ass from Windows 95. Cyberspace crimes are very, very tough to prosecute. She was a hey, it's that girl recently. It's because she's going to leave SVU after this episode 
and come back 11 years later as Judge Elena Barth. Mm. Judge gets cool. shot, gives up her boyfriend. Good for her. Judge. You remember that. Okay. Uh, Rebecca, do you re- recognize the elderly actress playing Doris Harrington? It's not easy getting old. No, I do not. And I'm very embarrassed that I do not. Well, don't be embarrassed. I mean, that is Rita Gardner. She was on an episode of Criminal Intent that we did. She played a famous atheist. Mm. Do you remember? Just mm. killed and... Yes! Yeah. Yes, the, the mom who hated religion, that one. Yeah, yeah. And you asked, like, are there really famous atheists? Okay. She played Richard Dawkins. Yes, exactly. Now, can you name the actress playing Karen's mom? Just Ronald Reagan said, trust, but verify. She's at that age. Anyone? Is that uh, Siobhan uh, Hogan? Siobhan Fallon Hogan, Yes. From Men yeah. in Black, Edgar's wife from Men in Black. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, she's actually got a very impressive resume. She was a cast member on Saturday Night Live in the early 90s. She had memorable roles as the bus driver in Forrest Gump. Right. And as Vincent D'Onofrio's wife in Men in Black. Remember, just don't say anything bad about her or the, mm-hmm. the V-Hive will swarm at us. Or the D-Hive. I don't know what the D'Onofrio followers are, but... Now, Rebecca, we see somebody before they were famous. We do? Before they were famous. Can you name the actress playing Karen? Before she was famous? Yeah. I cannot. Sorry, I I can't. Go for it. It's Paz de la Huerta from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. When I come home, she makes me undress in front of her. And um, she smells my hair. She's a total fascist. Please, please don't tell my mother. She'll kill me. Now, look, if the yachtsman wanted to see her naked, he just needed to wait a few years because <laughs> she'd pose in Playboy. She plays Lucy in Boardwalk Empire, mm-hmm. has to have simulated sex with Steve Buscemi. And for her she's, sins. Yeah, for her sins. And star in the sex slasher film Nurse 3D. Mm. Uh, you thought she gave a pretty good performance, though. I thought she was wonderfully weird. And awesome. Amen. (laughs) Well, okay, it's funny you say that because, you know, for many years she was considered a real wild child. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in the papers for antics like stripping at a hotel party, Mm -hmm. being too drunk to get into the Golden Globes, Mm -hmm. for borrowing money from a homeless man. Nice. And claiming that the ghost of Elvis gave her an orgasm. Oh, Karen. Karen. Who among us us is not? (laughs) There but for the grace of God go I. (laughs) Right. Thank you very much. Yeah, she really had a bad run of it in 2013 on the set of Nurse 3D. She broke her back. She was hit by an ambulance in a stunt, and she sued for $55 million. She received $73,000 in workers' compensation. And she has accused Harvey Weinstein of uh, sexual assault twice. But as late as last week, New York police have declined to charge Weinstein with her allegations. Mm. He still faces a slew from other accusers, but they're not going with hers. But hers, her story is very similar. She's like Rose McGowan's up and coming 1990s, young, edgy actress, like getting a lot of like buzz. Right. And then like has a sort of tragic turn. Like this is not dissimilar to other Weinstein accuser stories. Right. Now, Isaac, this is sort of like if this were an SVU storyline, this is the kind we love. And we kind of questioned it in real life where you have an accuser, but someone who is unreliable. Right. Someone who a jury might not trust on the stand, even if you or I would. Right, right. And this is like a great, well, we'll have Mariska go in and Carisi will, you know, talk in an accent and we'll get it all squared away. But it doesn't it doesn't work like that in real life. 
It does not. She is suing suing Harvey for $60 million. Oh, good for good her. I hope her. she gets it. I hope she gets every fucking penny of that $60 million. Yeah. And then she can go back and she can buy up all the copies of this Law & Order episode <laughs> <laughs> and have them deleted. <laughs> now, when we go to Harry Waters' employer, they find that he left under a cloud. Mm. We get back to the States and just would look at him, think, what makes this guy tick that a little kid turns him on? Fortunately, he quit right after that. When they asked for his computer, the guy's like, yeah, it's in this box full of shit in the corner of my office. <laughs> like, I just happen to have it right here. All in the box. <laughs> Not on a desk. You can't have a Law & Order episode if someone doesn't stack or unpack a box. It's true. Because if it's a witness, they have to stack the boxes and be like, I don't know, it was a guy. And then, uh, but, or you have to like, a box has to be opened and unpacked. Uh, yeah. It's actually just, I think it's just a rule. Yeah, you got to remember, it's 1999. That computer weighs like about 80 pounds. Yep. <laughs> There's like VGA cable. It's not like a laptop today. You know, you have special adapter for the mouse. and What's and, a cookie? Uh, Please explain what's it a to cookie? us. Oh, my God. The five minute, the, the tight five minutes on a cookie. Whew. There's also a weird thing where like they caught their coworker sex touriseming a child mm -hmm. in Cuba. Why the fuck were they all in Cuba? For an Orioles game. <laughs> That's right. They said it. They're like, oh, yeah, that Orioles game that we all know about, that the audience clearly would remember oh, yeah. um, in 2000. But then, like, they catch him sex touriseming with a child in Cuba. And then they're just like, after that, we all looked at him funny. It's like, that, <laughs> after, that, that's what you did? He got really quiet in the break room. <laughs> no one made eye contact. So, yeah. Harry, what did you... Things got awkward. <laughs> now, if you're going to go undercover in a chat room as a teenage girl, who else is going to do it but Munch? <laughs> <laughs> well, his parents are so harsh, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> you got him. He says he, like, understands. As if. Because he writes, as if. And I think that's probably something he would actually say. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing about that scene is that... <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to laugh this hard. But my favorite thing about that scene is that he writes, like... My parents are so harsh, and then as if. And then he's like, the guy wants to meet. <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Now let's look at the second half of this episode. Cragen yells, a victim, a victim, my country for a victim. <laughs> Man, if only there were a special unit that could do that. <laughs> Tell you what, let's forget about the internet. Bring me a victim that Eastman can put on the stand. All we have is what he's done online. Except for his big date with Munch, we have no evidence he ever contacted his little friends. Except for the panty auctions. Whoa, 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 what is this? He bought panties from little schoolgirls. Waters bought cheerleaders' panties in the mail, much to Munch's horror, the used panties are being sold by a bunch of old ladies <laughs> to raise money to play cards. 
<laughs> I po- texted Rebecca during that scene. <laughs> it was just like, this episode has everything. Everything. And she was like, it really does. <laughs> well, the woman's granddaughter did have a run-in with Waters. She tells the cops he never touched her, just himself. But Waters doesn't need to know she didn't incriminate him. For a better deal, Waters offers to give up the names of other pedophiles, or as they refer to themselves in the pedophilia community, child lovers. Ugh. We should have a sound yeah. effect for, ugh. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> but names alone are not enough to get convictions. So what will they do? How about we throw a party for all the pedophiles on the list <laughs> and get them to talk about their greatest hits on a hidden microphone? <laughs> well, of course, they arrest everyone in that room, blowing up a years-long FBI investigation. Boy, I hope they never do that again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but talking to one of the pedophiles, he says, it's the police who are the bad guys. Whenever a child talks to the cops, they leave crying. But when they leave a pedophile... <laughs> oh, Jesus, I can't, I can't even say it. They're always smiling. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God! <sighs> All right, let's let's start with the real mean canasta game. Okay, that's really oh, a front God. for an elderly used panty racket. <laughs> I hope these are your granddaughters. Well, of course. Well, we advertise used homecoming queen undergarments, and that's what we provide. Truth in advertising. <laughs> Can I ask? I mean, like that's got to be. A, a top 10 law and order moment, right? <laughs> like, it is so, like, out of control on their part that they were just like, they're old ladies. They play canasta. Also, they send used panties that they claim are teenage <laughs> girls' panties, and they sell them on eBay. <laughs> I mean, why didn't just... I mean, if the old ladies hadn't been so concerned about that, they could have just worn the panties and sold them. They could have quadrupled their profits. Them. Well, that's... Kevin, come on. You oh, know you gotta why. Get, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not like, I don't have to explain it to you, do I? Oh, yeah, no, well, I just, okay, sure. <laughs> I see what they're really buying. They're not buying the fabric. <laughs> they're buying the aroma. Okay. okay, thank you. Thank you for explaining it to the world. But I gotta ask about this this teenager. Doesn't she wonder what's going on with all her laundry? <laughs> <laughs> like, Grandma, with a... Why do I get another package of Fruit of the Loom? What happened to last week's underwear? Another bleach accident and you had to throw them out? Okay. And again, this poor daughter. Like, this is this is what I understand about this plot, okay? They never actually explain ever Dawson's Keith's connection to anything. He just happens to be one of the five people on the internet as do these old ladies, as does this young woman right. who has also connected with the yachtsman. Like, there are literally five people on the internet in this episode. It's insane. I think I think that they were on Friendster. <laughs> and that's why the numbers were so low. <laughs> you know, when my wife and I first started dating, uh, uh, we connected on Friendster. We met in real life first, but we, like, Friendster chatted to set up our first date. Wow, that's so sad. I know, right? Even Uh, sadder, my ex-husband was jealous of Tom. (laughs) (laughs) My My space, He was like, who's Tom? Like, you mean literally everybody's friend Tom? (laughs) Everybody's friend Tom. Uh, He's definitely not the the yachtsman. Wink, wink. (laughs) 
Hey, so we have this subplot about Elliot's family. Uh-huh. Elliot's family and the computer. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, why won't anyone else get it? They're not out there anymore. They're in here. <laughs> like a horror movie. It's the best because uh, Kathy totally buys into it. She's terrified. She's so terrified. And they're like, they're like very affectionate on the couch and stuff, just talking about how terrifying the internet is. And the background of the scene is their family computer, like the monster in the room. And across it in this giant font is their screensaver, which just says, <laughs> The Staplers. <laughs> like, they didn't have flying toasters. <laughs> It's super nerdy. Like the set designers were like, we have to establish that this computer belongs to them. I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) The Stablers. (laughs) Have you been reading my email? Well. You have, haven't you? I just wanted to find out if someone was sending you things that you shouldn't be looking at. Of course they do. I get at least 10 junk emails a day and I delete them all, Dad. What else have you gone through? Look, I know you think I'm paranoid. Hello? We, let's just talk about this. You can tell me anything you want. You want to read my journal, too? No. You have a journal? Unbelievable! Yeah, there's a lot. Have you been reading my email, Dad? <laughs> oh. Maureen is not pleased at all with that snoop. <laughs> and as she shouldn't be. <laughs> well, he can't even remember the fucking password. <laughs> He's like, oh, what do you, you, what do you think Elliot's password is? It was like watching your parents use the computer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I bring my work home sometimes. <laughs> That's the password. <laughs> <laughs> the, the password is, do you have kids? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah Five exactly. question marks, seven exclamation points. <laughs> Right, right. Because if you don't, you can't understand how yeah. I feel. Oh. <laughs> now the elite squad gets a lesson on how pedophiles find other pedophiles. You're talking Pocahontas, but really what you're saying is, uh, are you a pedophile too? That's your term, not ours. Do you love children, is how I'd put it. God, I don't believe this. You want into our world, detective, believe it. Water says you just strike up a conversation with the guy and ask if he's seen any G-rated movies lately. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't work. To, with the advent of Pixar, that wouldn't work. Because it's like everyone watches G-rated movies now. Yeah, but some people watch it a little too closely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Look, you want Into Our World, Kevin. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, what the actual fuck with the Rotary Club of child molesters? Oh my god. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get the back room of the VFW hall, and we're gonna roll out the the folding tables, and we're all gonna sit around. It's catered. You know, they put the sterno things out, and you have scoop yourself some matacotti, and then you start talking about all the young kids you had sex with. I prefer gymnastics. The girls are younger, the outfit's tighter. The Swedish horse. Don't get me started. Don't <laughs> you, tell me about you were it. with that little redhead. What was her name? Astrid. Astrid, Astrid Brooks. Right. Sweet 16 and the hottest babe I'd ever had. <laughs> well, you know, Kevin, when you're going to kibitz with your fellow uh, child lovers, I believe yeah. they call themselves, you know, you need a little nosh. 
(laughs) (laughs) It was basically like the worst episode of To Catch a Predator ever, right? So instead of like just getting one guy, it's like put them all together in the room like the Scooby Squad. Right, right. Yeah, it was not subtle and nobody asked if anybody was a cop, which you would think those guys would know to do. Yeah, I'm going to point out a couple of things here about crimes that they overlooked. Mm. First of all, right, Karen was actually statutorily raped. Yes. They just said, yeah, can let it cool off. They say that the the granddaughter, she said, well, he never touched me, just himself. I'm like, oh, there's no crime here. Like, exposing yourself in front of a kid is a crime. Right. Yeah. So, okay, let that one ride. Now they're like, hey, we got all these child pornography collectors, but unless they give us a name, we don't have anything on them. How about, how about you arrest them and go to the house where all their child pornography is. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. like you have to go the extra step of telling them, hey, who is your favorite bang? You know, you just, it's like... You know, the problem is, Kevin, that the lawyers working for the city of New York, quote, don't know my ass from Windows 95. <laughs> and, uh, and thus, cyberspace crimes are very tough to prosecute. If they had a prosecutor who knew their ass from Windows 95, yeah. m- uh, uh, perhaps they could prosecute some of these crimes. And we also have the obligatory beef over turf between SVU and the FBI. It was an undercover operation! You were in my city investigating sex crimes and you didn't see fit to give me a heads up. We're dealing with virtual world, which is everywhere and nowhere. But eventually you gotta put real life cuffs on a real life perp. It's not just you. We wanted to bring in the big predators. That's why the bad guys are running rings around us. Why? Because they're working together, and we're not. You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. You got your peanut butter in my chocolate. I've been working this for months. (laughs) The problem is the bad guy's peanut butter and chocolate is mixed together, and ours isn't. Yeah. We're like left and right Twix. <laughs> I think we've extended that metaphor as far as, as, far as it can go. They're always, it's always the same. There's always like some, I was about to break this bigger thing. Yeah. Right. And now it's all small potatoes, you fucking assholes or whatever. Right. I think yep. you know that when you're deep undercover with the FBI, you keep your badge in your pocket. <laughs> so you can take uh, it indeed. out and show all the other child molesters. <laughs> just in case. Look at this toy FBI badge that I got. That's right. Yeah. The girls love it. <laughs> there, there is some grade A uh, male shouting in this episode, I have to say. And it yeah. really, you know, like men doing some real shouty pretending. And the top tier of the shouty pretending is Dan Florex, like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing they could have made this episode better because it was very peak. I always get very disappointed when we watch an episode and it's like a Jeffries episode. I'm always like, oh, Ice-T is not in this one. Yeah. Can you fucking imagine if Ice-T had been in this one, how fucking good it would have <laughs> yeah, been? Yeah, you'd be like, yo, man, that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> the kids call it cheese. It's when you take the internet. I don't know. I have no rent to that joke. <laughs> Looks like someone had too much chat in their room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or something. And it's like, looks like the yachtsman ran aground. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the end, Wallace explains why the children love him Ugh. and hate cops. When they leave the social worker's office with their anatomically correct dolls, when they leave the police station, they're in tears. What's your point, Wallace? When they leave me... They're all smiles. Then we fade to a card that says, quote, At any given moment, 
There are 3.4 million anonymous <laughs> chat room users on the internet. And folks, that's when the grow on. <laughs> it's so quaint, right? So Isaac, I believe what they're trying to say here is lock up your kids on the internet. <laughs> I mean, clearly, although if you do, you know, they can they can break out of those child um, lock things just by like control alt escaping that shit. Because they're a joke. They're yeah. a joke. They're a joke, dad. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also just love this idea that like 3.4 million anonymous people or 3.4 million anonymous chat room users, right? So that's mm -hmm. like everything from alt.sex.teens to like alt.sex uh james vanderbeek dot hot or whatever right? right so it's like it's like but that's supposed to like chill us to our bones yep. at the end of this episode that's what i find that's one of the things i find so fascinating is like all these things that they're so terrified of i'm not talking about the pedophilia stuff i'm just talking about all the other internet mm -hmm. things that surround it they're so terrified of are things that we like take for granted today right like the internet is just one big tape recorder and we're leaving these digital footprints wherever we go it's like well you know we all really know that now you know or like uh all this anonymous stuff is allowing people to say and do things that they never would have to do if they were appearing in public right it's like we we all just take all of this stuff for granted and this is at the very beginning of this like huge moment of societal change and they're voicing you know as i said they're like cataloging our anxieties for us they're voicing these things that everyone was was really um freaked out about and then at the same time to also watch it in the midst of all this jeffrey epstein stuff was like totally bizarre totally right? yeah because there was a pet like jeffrey epstein actually did run a pedophile club right he did but it didn't it didn't meet in the back of um the vfw hall it met on like a yacht and an elite Palm Beach condo. You mean with another yachtsman? <laughs> with another yachtsman. Yeah, It's exactly. all coming around. Exactly. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired Ooh. this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. Can't wait. You think you know who did you it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. This episode takes inspiration from the prevalence of online chat rooms and their use by pedophiles to hunt for victims. Talkomatic was the first chat room created in 1973 at the University of Illinois. The maximum number of people who could use it at one time was five. In 1980, CompuServe unveiled one of the first mainstream online chats called CB Simulator. More than 100,000 people used the feature, even spawning the first marriage of two people who met online. By the 90s, America Online, Prodigy and Yahoo all offered some form of chat function. 
They were the service's most popular features in the days before the World Wide Web was developed. Soon, the chat rooms that had been a playground for techies were now overrun by people with multiple accounts and fake screen names. User interaction varied from chimwagging gossip to sexual solicitations. The anonymity made it easier for predators to target children without detection. As the web grew and social media emerged, computer services like AOL lost popularity as there were now new ways to interact online. AOL shut down its instant messenger in 2010, Yahoo Messenger went offline in 2012, and MSN Messenger closed its last chat room in 2014. All right, let's hear it for romance. Um, George Stickles and Debbie Furman were married in 1983. Congratulations. Their online handles were Mike, George was Mike, okay, and Silver. Mm. Now, I'm not shitting you. I tracked them down on Ancestry.com. Are you kidding? I'm not shitting you. I wanted to know. Kevin, you're my hero. Yes, they got divorced in 2006. (laughs) (laughs) Romance is dead. Uh, 22 years is a good run. That's a good run. It's definitely a good run. longer than my first marriage lasted. Longer than my first marriage, too. (laughs) (laughs) So chat rooms. uh, I mean, thanks to them, millions of men learned to type with one hand. And thanks to them, one of my ex-boyfriends ran up a $1,200 phone bill. For what? Using, like, AOL (laughs) Instant Messenger to, like sexed anonymous people in the middle. I don't fucking know. All I know is he left and I had a $1,200 phone bill. Never forget that. Wow. It. it all came from that stupid free CD. <laughs> I picked it up at Home Depot. Isaac, what about you? Did you hang out in chat rooms? Um, so I actually ran a BBS uh, okay. in the 90s. So those were these things called bulletin board systems. So instead of it being like a uh, an AOL chat room, it was literally there was a phone line plugged into my computer and then you would call my computer and you could post on message boards that were on my computer I could chat with you or we could you know you could exchange files and stuff It was like, like Reddit. It was like a pre-Reddit. Pre-Reddit. Yeah, and there was a whole network of them in DC. There's actually a fascinating BuzzFeed article about um a friend of mine's BBS which was called the International House of Kumquats and there's a mention of a party in that art BuzzFeed article and I don't know the writer of that party of that article but that party was I'm pretty sure at my house wow. so there's like a so there's just like there was just this weird network of people some of whom I am still friends with today um who I met through that there were also and I want to be clear that I was at the beginning of this this was like 13 through 17, probably, mm. right? And so there there were uh, people over the age of 18 who I had like erotic chat interactions with through this as well. Um, and emerged Congratulations. Okay. No, 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 no. So, so there's a weird, there's a, yeah, I don't mean that in a, I don't mean, so there's a weird way in which the paranoia of this episode is not wrong. It's like, right. that's what I'm saying. Oh, totally As much not. as I like to laugh and make fun of it, it's like, well, actually, like I did engage in those very, in that, those, hey, that's, I didn't meet that's any cyber of That's cybersex. That's yeah. where the term... And the act originated from in the right. chat room. And that's so. also where the beginning of like, as we see today and in our kids, like sometimes we look at like our, yeah. my son's like discord or whatever. And he thinks he's talking to like a kid and I'm like, I can look at him like, that is not a fucking kid. Yeah. You just yeah. know. Well, chat yeah. rooms have returned primarily to the business world. Mm-hmm. Products like Slack mm-hmm. and many conferencing software is also built on the same idea of, you know, being remote gathering up in a single place where you can communicate in real time. 
Also with video game stuff like Discord and yep. and Twitch and, and Twitch. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. People like being together. And uh, why not but, do it right. in a creepy online community? <laughs> well, and, you know, you could do it like um, people who play yeah, multi, uh, massive multiplayer online games will often have. Like my older brother has like gr- groups of people he's never met in real life who he like will play Warcraft with. And totally. they yeah. talk while they do yeah. it and they're buddies. And, you know, he had a guild and the guild split up because the two people who ran it got a divorce. You know, it's like a whole, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, so there's a, a whole thing. But I, I'm actually curious Sunny about this. Culottes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because, you know, like my kid is is almost five. So what does she know about the the Internet? Do you know what I mean? But but everything. She knows everything. She knows everything. But you all, you you know, you have teenage kids, right? So I'm Mm -hmm. I'm curious about like, I mean, not to turn this into an episode of mom and dad are fighting, but I'm curious about like, you know, are you like Chris Maloney being like, I brought my work home and now there's a password protection on everything that I've forgotten. If only I had been. (laughs) No, I've just basically um, learned to live with the fact that one of our kids knows 100,000 people that may not be real and that we will never meet. (laughs) And he seems fine with it. He says they're cool. So I guess they might be. We don't really know. Got it. You know, long before there were special units that did this kind of thing, there was one cop in Little Keene, New Hampshire, whose job it was to go into chat rooms and convince pedophiles to come visit him. And they'd bust him, right? And this was just like pulling fish out of the lake. One after another, it'd be like, news story, news story. And I started thinking, like, if you're a pedophile and your target says, me being keen, don't fucking go to keen. <laughs> I remember that guy. Yeah. And I remember I remember how, like, when he would do TV interviews. Did you interview him for TV? Uh, at one point, I think I did. I, yeah. I remember, like, seeing him on, like, our local TV station. And he was just, like, this regular, not tech-savvy dude. And he was just like... As if. Yeah, it's real easy. You just go on there and pretend to be a young person Next thing you know, you got a pedophile knocking at your door. It's like, oh, shit, that's terrible. He doesn't even know how to use a computer, and he's, like, doing this job super well. Yeah. (laughs) There must be a lot of pedophiles out there. You know, he, uh, I remember doing a story with him about a guy that they arrested who uh, rode a bus from Nebraska to Keene to meet a 15-year-old boy who turned out to be the cop. That is a three-day bus trip. I mean, what a disappointment. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, you think of the whole time, and it's like, oh, man. Oh, my God. Well, that is also a weird thing where, like... Hold on a second, guys. Like, I got to stop you because Rebecca <laughs> cannot... Is she dying? <laughs> I'm sorry. It may have been the most off-color and hilarious joke we've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> hey, I remember the guy's handle. What was it? Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was Tyrannosaurus Teabagger. <laughs> Oh my god. Because what child wouldn't be interested in that? <laughs> I'm a dinosaur enthusiast. <laughs> Wait, is this why there was a content warning in the beginning of this episode because of me? <laughs> oh. All right, Isaac. Oh what what actual smart thing were you saying? I wasn't gonna say Well no, but there's a weird thing where there's well two things. First of all, I'm glad that Kevin has you know, from all of this, summoned up practical advice for New Hampshire's pedophile community. Yeah, I'll go to Keene. Good, good on you. Good on you. Um, but second, um, there's that scene where they're like, but the, but the 
person who he was soliciting turned out to be a cop, so there's no crime there. And that's like a scene that, like, post to catch a predator makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we also know that entrapment is 100% allowed in the SVU universe. 100%. Right, but they have a whole scene where they're like, how do we know this isn't entrapment? <laughs> Jack McCoy would not care about whether it was entrapment. Nope. nope. Jack McCoy would like drink three double scotches and be like entrap him. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Isaac Butler. Isaac, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, easiest place is on Twitter. I'm just going to spell the handle because it's a little weird. It's Parabasis, P-A-R-A. B-A-S-I-S. So at Parabasis is the easiest way to find me. And Rebecca, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, after they follow at Parabasis, because Isaac is awesome on Twitter, you can follow me at Reb Lavoy. And you can track me on Twitter at Tyrannosaurus Teabag. <laughs> <laughs> you can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoy. Content assistance from Travis Roy, Lily Flynn handles promotions. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, subscribe to Stitcher Premium. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 